All right, guys, today we're talking about fast food. Over a third of the U.S. population eats fast food daily. Every day that I had swim practice, which was four days out of the week, I would go to McDonald's before, go to swim practice, go to McDonald's after. Why do you guys think most people eat fast food? Convenience. Convenience of time, convenience of price. At the end of the day, I feel like everybody just wants quick and easy. Food is a drug, right? To counterbalance that, we've got to push against. We got to go the other way. Sometimes we got to go the, the extreme side. When we talk about fast food from this education perspective, we're actually also talking about it from a mental health education perspective. We can't change what McDonald's does, but what we can change is we can stop giving McDonald's our attention and our dollars. At what point do we all like actually take that responsibility and say like, we're not going to support this industry anymore. Let's take responsibility for our lives. Stop stuffing your face and let your body take a break. Welcome to the good life. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the good life visual audio podcast. I got Stu here. Say what's up, Stu. What's up, y'all? Kabi is in the building. Say hey. What up, dope? And as always, I'm Chris. Guys, we're back. Another night diving into how to design your life with extraordinary health, wealth, and mindset. Again, find us everywhere you listen or watch your podcast. Go ahead and share it with a friend, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, doesn't matter. We are there. And we want to get this to our listeners. So got another good one for you today. As always, it's a good one when we get to hear from none other than our resident health expert, Kabi. So let's dive in today, Kabi. Yes, that is you, sir. What are we talking about today? All right, guys. Today we're talking about fast food. And um, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be very exciting indeed. In fact, uh, Chris, before we get going today, actually, you were saying something in the... Uh, in the pregame that I think is important is something that I didn't quite put together, actually more new from the real estate side of things. But as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So can you open us uh, open up by explaining what qualifies from the restaurant point of view, what qualifies as fast food versus Q, uh, QSR versus, I didn't even know fast casual was a thing. So can you explain yeah. that? I think that'll be very helpful in our conversation today. Absolutely. And good place to start. Obviously, I have a restaurant background, so uh, paying attention to the restaurant space. Those three things do sometimes get lumped in and categorized. But in general, those are three different segments of the restaurant world. So we have fast food. Fast food, think of it like your McDonald's, Arby's, Burger King, Wendy's, anything that has a drive through typically. Okay, typically you have a drive-through, you can get in and out in five to seven minutes, right? Just by going in, the food is norm normally very quick. That's your fast food. That is typical fast food, McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, all that good stuff. The next step up, you have QSR, quick service restaurants, okay? Quick service restaurants, these are your Chipotle's, your uh, Qdoba's, um, uh, Subway, anybody that makes sandwiches, it's that build your own model, right? Like think of Subway, you go to Subway, you pick what you want on the menu, you see them make it in front of you, they wrap it up, they give it to you, you go. It's quick service. So that's your, like I said, Chipotle, Subway, all of those places. Then you have your fast casual. Fast casual is more like your Panera Breads or any, any place that you go, you normally order at the counter. Sometimes now you can even order online. They give you like a little number for your table, for your table. or uh, some some type of, I don't know, pager or something like that. You can put that on your table. Then they bring your food out to you in five, 10 minutes and you normally eat it there. You know, sometimes people take it to go. But that's how you break those things down. You have fast food, you have QSR, you have fast casual. All of them are technically different segments of the restaurant world. So hopefully that helped. That is very helpful. And uh, I think it's gonna influence our conversation about fast food today. Cause you know, 
probably like many folks, I've lumped all of that into one category as fast food. Food you get very fast, kind of fast, and then not as fast as you might want it. So you go to the very fast options, right? So, you know, I what I I think would have probably influenced this a lot better and would have made this conversation a lot better is to hear from folks what they want to know from the health perspective about fast food. Because to me, I look at this and I think about this and as I was thinking, I was like, man, a lot of this stuff is fairly obvious, but maybe it's not. So I wanted to go through, you know, I want to thank Himbo, our resident Himbo uh, at Ash, uh, for sending some images here that I want to go through and just chat about kind of the facts surrounding fast food um, or what we now realize it's not all fast food, but we're lumping into fast food. And then chat about it a little bit from a historical perspective, from a, from a, from a community, like uh, sociology type of type of perspective and then i'd love to hear your guys's perspective um as we go from there over a third of the u.s population eats fast food daily now i'll be curious how they're factoring this in are they taking and then they go on to say here that most americans however go to their favorite qsr thank you chris for explaining that between one to three times a week now i'm curious from you guys is that um normal for you is that less is that more what is it for you and what is it for people that you know? For me personally, it's a less, right? Like way, like I, I don't even think I would go, well, I don't know, QSR maybe once a week. There might be, ah, probably not. Probably a little bit less, probably like twice a month-ish on my side. Um, but for most people, I can see how that would make sense. How, again, that's why these, these niches popped up. The QSR, it's like, Hey, let me stop here for my family. Let me go here for lunch really quickly or whatever the case is. So I can see that those numbers make sense one to three times a week for your favorite QSR. And the fast food every day, you go to certain parts of this country, that's very possible. I'll just speak really quickly from my own story. Growing up, growing up, uh, I was, I was kind of taken care of by my grandfather and he didn't cook. Like he didn't actually cook meals. So we always had to eat out. I was a swimmer and at the YMCA where I, I was swimming, there was a McDonald's right next to the YMCA. So every day that I had swim practice, which was four days out of the week, I would go to McDonald's before, go to swim practice, and go to McDonald's afterwards, right? And it was a very normal thing, very, very normal. And so I can imagine that there's people out there because that was semi my story there's people out there that that's the easiest quickest way for them to get some food and i can imagine that that amount of people eat fast food every day on my end i probably hit a qsr maybe i think i pretty much fit right in there like two or three times a week um fast food like by the definition you mentioned earlier man, that's got to be once a month, twice tops. Like, I really do not enjoy that from a, from just like a conscious, like guilt perspective. Um, I mean, it might taste good sometimes, but what's interesting enough is you actually, the, the healthier you eat, you begin to have like a standard of this just isn't it. Like, this isn't really food. I don't really feel any like nutrition from it. I don't necessarily get energy from it. You've kind of like raised the bar. So yeah, I would say that's that's pretty fair. That statistic definitely lines up with me. Cool. And my follow-up question is, like, why do you guys think most people eat fast food? Convenience. Convenience of time. Convenience of price. That is all. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know that nobody's going to – well, I mean, somebody might say it tastes, it tastes good, I guess. You know, I guess, you know, McDonald's fries or whatever. I mean, I guess it tastes good for most people, but like, I'm sure the reason not, I can make a big generalization here, guys, since we're making generalization, right? Make a big generalization that like 90% of people, 95% of people that are eating fast food are doing it because of some form of convenience, money or time convenience. That's it. Do you think... And I'll, Stu, go ahead and answer that before I ask my follow-up question. I think convenience is the number one. I think a general lack of appreciation for just how bad for you it is is probably number two.
But at the end of the day, I feel like everybody just wants quick and easy. So it's on the way home. It's almost everywhere. You can make an excuse to pick it up on just about any trip you have. You could be going to the grocery store and it's convenient for you to get fast food. So I think convenience nails it. Yeah. And from a price standpoint too, guys, you got to remember like a lot of fast food is in neighborhoods of right underprivileged people or right. Like lower socioeconomic groups or whatever the case is at $5 goes a long way. I've been there at $5 at fast food goes a long way. Yo, I've been there too, brother. I've been there too, for sure. And, and, and uh, Chris, if you'll show that screen, I'm sharing, mm -hmm. you guys hit it on the head there. Leading reasons consumers eat fast food in the United States as of 2020, it's convenient. 70, almost 72% is convenience. It tastes good and it's affordable come in and it craves, it satisfies the craving due to stress, boredom, or anxiety all come in it's around second. Mm. That's funny. That, that That's very interesting actually to know that because uh, the taste good part is something I threw out just immediately. Like, ah, it won't taste. But if you really think about it though, like people that like Chick-fil-A, like they really like it. Like it really is good to like it really tastes good. And I and to, to some degree, I like Chick-fil-A. I don't go often, but like I like it, right? It's good. Um, but I completely threw through that one out. The other two though, affordable and it's satisfying a craving due to stress, boredom, or anxiety is so true. I actually talked to two specific people I know just over the past month that told me that that's why they ate poorly. One, because in his marriage, he's like, sometimes I just, I'm like, man, that Whopper, right? And the fry and the Diet Coke, I've been having it since I was, right, coping back in high school. And so now I cope with that now. But I know it's not good for me. It's just, I cope with it. So knowing that, that that's an actual reason, um, that's, inter that's interesting to know. I'm sure many people out there actually eat for those reasons. And that's not super surprising at all without going too far into this and is i raised something that i always say which is food is a drug right and i think this right here is 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 pretty clear on that first and foremost the convenient piece right as society gets more and more as we get more pulled into more and more directions we're looking for more easier and easier things to satisfy the things that we need to satisfy so we can keep working and, and running around the rat race but the thing in terms of it tastes good it's affordable and it satisfies stress uh cravings due to stress boredom and anxiety kind of go to the same thing which is that food is a drug and that we can get it very easily it's very accessible it's very acceptable it's very um it's quick right and as uh, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who owns who owns a, a fast food place or a quick QSR or a fast casual, whatever you want to call it, serving food in general, if I know that to be true, my job then becomes, or what I'm going to inherently start to do is to increase those factors. It's to increase its ability to satisfy craving. It's to increase its, its affordability. It's to increase the fact that it tastes good at least superficially to our taste buds. It's to increase in each and every one of those things. And this is a question I wanna hold for a minute here, which is, is it good or bad, right? I wanna hold that question for a little bit later. Is it good or bad? Because my I've kind of shifted on this a little bit. And the more I think about it, like how how can you say it's bad? I, I, we, we, it's certainly very difficult to say it's good, but how can we also say it's bad? In the sense of if I own a business and my job is to sell more widgets and me improving the sellability right, of that widget, how does that make me a bad person, especially? Or how does that make what I'm doing a bad thing? But let's be clear, that is what's happening, right? From the pictures that are used to sold us things, to sell us these things, from the smell and the odors that are used to sell us these things from the the names that are used to sell us this sell us this these things right when was the last time you saw a chicken sandwich that wasn't crispy that sold <laughs> it's always crispy and if it's crispy with a k it sells even more 
<laughs> right? So, you know, when you look at these things and you start to go and we've shifted, right? We shifted from burgers. That was the thing, man. The nice burger, a, a char grilled burger. And then we started to, when that went out of style, well, people weren't buying this as much anymore. And then we shifted. Chicken is the new burger, mm -hmm. right? People will go for a chicken. Why? Because it's still, it still tastes good. It's still affordable. It still satisfies all the same things, but it's healthier, right? So not only they just sell us that, but then they also come back and sell us the idea that like, oh, wait, wait, yeah, we know all these studies that come out that say all these things, but we made it better. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not frying the chicken anymore. We're fry grilling it. Right. We're fry grilling it. Right. So, you know, I, and then, and then the blame gets shifted to the corporation. The blame gets shifted to the, to the face of those corporations. Oh, they're so bad. They don't care about us. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Fair enough. But who's forcing you to eat that food? Who's holding that gun to your head and telling you, hey, you must eat that food? Well, it's the only thing you have. Da, 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 da. Well, I'm telling you right now, we can go to the root of the problem and address our addiction to food, period. Right. So it gets really tricky for me because I get it as somebody who, who, who grew up um, in a situation where where we didn't have a lot of money. But you see, the one thing my parents did, which I really appreciate to this day, is that they always cooked at home. Right. So for what it would take to go spend five dollars at a fast food five times a week, that's twenty five bucks. My mother would get a bag of jasmine rice and have us good for a month. For a month where she was actually saving money. I always a jollof rice is always in the fridge. What do you mean you hungry, boy? You better come on, man. I said, go eat some of that. Stop playing. Fast food wasn't really a thing. And in fact, I always look at my siblings now because there, there's a big age gap. But look, I always look at my siblings now and um, I'm like, yeah, they eat like maybe two or three times, times a week after practice because my mom's tired. She's just, you know, she's like, listen, I've been cooking for y'all for years now. You, you fend for yourself now. Right. And, and I'm like, y'all are both both lucky and not. Right. I didn't I didn't I didn't develop a taste for that stuff because my parents did that and i could tell you guys had a few things you want to say about that so so let me let me do that Stu, jump in man i was uh, go ahead all right so this is you're right this is not as easy as as people want to make it where anyone that either owns or works in like a fast food restaurant is 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 evil or bad um I do have concerns and we've all talked about this before. This is not news to any one of us. I do have concerns over like the, the intent of those who seek to keep the education out of our schools as to how powerful the nutrition is on every other part of our body. Um, it's, it's aggravating and it's real easy for me to like take, some type of high horse stance and say, man, you know, I decided to go out and, and create a company that I think provides value and actually helps people live like a happier, healthier life and enjoy their experience more. How could somebody else knowingly poison generations of people? The difference is it took a lot to get here, just like it took a lot for you guys to get here. Not every single person, I think, has the ability or at least has not been taught how to run their own business how to how to provide different things not everyone has been educated a lot including a lot of the people that work in these fast food companies has not really been educated on just how bad this stuff is for people because it's often i remember like when we were growing up it was boiled down into calories so much and it still kind of is to this day you know like all of a sudden 10 years ago this massive like shift happened where it was all about the calories because we were just thinking about, okay, if you're overweight or you're unhealthy, it's because you have too many calories when the, the actual quality of the nutrition wasn't even an issue. So I think, I think you're right. I don't think this is a, this is like a, an ethics thing as much as it is just a ignorance thing. And let me, let me run. I just want to rapid fire some facts at you guys before we keep going. Cause this is going to go down a conversation of like, 
morality ethics of, of like advertisement of like parenting even of like whose responsibility is it it's yours by the way um hate, hate to spoil it for you guys but let me rapid fire this at you before we go down that road okay so let's share this here again so rapid fire here fast food facts 2021 total advertising by fast food restaurants in, tw in 2019 5 billion right now we all we all know there's a whole there's a whole lot of issues when it comes to advertisement and what they're advertising um and what we're buying and being influenced to as a result of the day but again whose fault is it <laughs> like they run a business that's what they do like you know i i i, I fight i i'm tough that's tough that's tough right fast food ads disproportionately target black and hispanic youth I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Listen, I might be a little after this. Y'all may not like me, but you know, I still, I still think it's your, it's your responsibility, my friend. All right, let's keep going here. Um, so uh, it's estimated that in the course of an, of an adult American's life, they will spend around seventy thousand, over seventy thousand dollars on fast food or take home meals. That number is probably low. That like, is low. That's what oh, I was going to say. Over an American's life? Yeah. Over their life? There's probably adult, people that adult, do that. Adult. Adult. There's, so I guess they're only hitting that. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold that. Hold that. Let me finish with the rapid fire. Children right. who, are, who are exposed to television ads for fast food had a 30% higher likelihood of eating the advertised food, say fast food advertising statistic. Oh, wait. What? You mean the advertising worked? <laughs> <laughs> Like, duh, right? Uh, around 80% of fast food consumed by children comes from McDonald's. Wow, McDonald's, you're doing a great job. I should buy one of those franchises, right? <laughs> then and are then, you a part of the problem or a part of the solution, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm not I'm not sure this is not the snake swallowing its swallowing its tail, hmm. right? Because I uh, and and I'm not I'm, that's I'm not interested in buying McDonald's franchise, guys. I, I'm 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 more than half joking here. Because I think, and, and we'll, again, let me finish rapid fire before we go into this. Uh, but who needs a chart to tell them this? Like, am I out of line for saying that? Who needs a chart to tell you that, you know what, if you're getting, if you're putting this in your body, and this is, I think, the key that might be missing from the conversation, consistently at a high level, right? I don't think you're gonna eat one Big Mac and it's gonna end your life. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are eating a Big Mac every day, every other day, consistently, right? Supersize me ate fast food every day for every meal, right? There's a difference. So, you know, I think a lot of people probably expect me to get on here and, and like stand on my soapbox and preach a whole bunch of this stuff in here like, you know, these guys are terrible and da 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 da. I just don't feel that way. I don't feel that way because I think there's enough information out there. Like, if you choose to ignore the information, that's on you. That's on you. Like, we shouldn't be having a conversation about whether or not you should eat. Like, when people ask me, you know, what, well, how much, how many times can I eat? Da, 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 da. But you're what? That's what you're concerned about? How many times you can eat it? So, how many times can I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not be harmed? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Two and a half. <laughs> be careful about the third one. <laughs> what are we talking about? You know what I mean? So, I, you know, and, 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 and this right here, this might be more of like the advertisement type of conversation of like, there's very few people on this earth. This, this to me, 10 companies control more than 50 brands here. This to me is like, you haven't gone high enough. <laughs> Keep going up and we might end up with one. <laughs> All right. Keep going high enough. We might end up with one. So you, you, you haven't gone high enough. All right. And, and by the way, this happens with banks. All right. This happens with media. This happens with education. This happens with everything. So at, at what point in time do we start taking responsibility for our own lives? And we're just looking for people to blame. Well, it's McDonald's as well. 
right? It's McDonald's the spot that my kids are. No, it's your fault for driving your kids to McDonald's every day. <laughs> right? It's your fault for sitting your kid in front of the television so they can be hypnotized by McDonald's every day and then bug you about it and then you give in and then take it to them. I just, you know, at some point, we can't change what McDonald's does, but what we can change is we can stop giving McDonald's our attention and our dollars. We can stop. We can, we, that, that is a thing we can actually stop doing. Well, there's no good places to, you know, around me, da, 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 da. What do you mean? If that's truly the case, go ahead and hit me up and maybe we can figure something out. Let's let's look at a map, see where you are. Let's figure out something. There's food desert all over the place. That is not the majority of the problem. There's people that have a grocery store right there that will drive right past the grocery store. That's what I'm talking about. They'll drive right past the grocery store to go to McDonald's. That that's the, those are the people I'm talking about. If there truly is a situation where it's like, yo, I, this is all I have, fine. If this is all there is, if this is all you have, then you're probably going to be forced to fast quite a bit too. Which, by the way, may not be bad. I remember, and, and people, where am I saying this from? I remember growing up. There's periods of time where my friends and I would go to we would we would take naps because there was nothing to eat, and it was easier to sleep than to be awake hungry. So I'm not like making fun of anybody or like I'm not insensitive to the fact that this doesn't happen, all right? But guess what? We were pretty healthy kids. We were a little skinny, but we were pretty healthy kids, <laughs> all right? We definitely weren't eating 10 Big Macs. Where are you getting that? <laughs> Where are you getting that? We would take naps. This was a thing. You would take naps. Right. So, you know, I think we're quick in this society to look for things and people and whatever to blame. But the thing is that the, you, you, you don't have access to make those changes. You, you don't. We, 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 what are we going to do? Strike McDonald's? Are we going to go protest? Black people still getting shot in the streets, guys. Still happening. Just not on TV. <laughs> still happening. Like, I digress. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let y'all finish, but I just want you to know this is still happening. Like, like these these like shows of like, of like this is what I stand for. Great. Who's that for? Is that for you or is that for? That's for. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. I was like, how long have we been collecting money for cancer? How long have we been trying to feed kids in Africa? How long have we been trying to like like all of these major causes that people go out there and stand on soapboxes for? What difference have we actually made? If you look at the numbers and double check me on this, if you're watching this from somewhere, if you look at any of those, pick any one of those things, any one of them, pick any one of them and look up the numbers from have we improved or not? My money because I can actually gamble. I'm not an NFL and I'm not gambling on sports. My money is on, we've gotten worse in every single category, every single one. So let's try a different approach. Mm. Let's take responsibility for our lives. That's it. Now let's go back to the conversation. Let me stop sharing this. Listen, there's a bunch, there's so much in that, that we can go in. Uh, I'll touch on two, two specific kind of topics that, that you, you talked about the business side of things for that group of restaurants. What's funny is that picture you showed those 10 restaurant groups that basically control all the rest. I was actively looking at investing in some of them, like probably five years ago or so, right? Because I understand the Warren Buffett, right? Here's a money lesson for everybody real quick sidebar. Warren Buffett always says that if you're going to invest in the market, right, you're going to buy a stock that you need to understand first and foremost, the industry that you're choosing. All right. So some people believe in tech stocks, 
but have never been in tech and have no idea how to, a tech P&L works or what the trends are in tech. So I would always look at restaurants because I know restaurants. So I would start looking at those groups and I know that those groups, it was funny because Red Lobster used to be owned by Darden and Darden sold it off to one of those other groups in there. Um, and a lot of those companies do the marketing that we see on commercial, right? All the stuff that we start to see to get those brands out there. Um, so from a business side, one of the things you talked about was like, they're doing their job. <laughs> they're doing it well, right? Like from a business perspective, the fact that 80% of, you know, kids that eat fast food are eating McDonald's, it's effective marketing. My daughter, case in point, my daughter is four and a half. We drive by McDonald's. Like she is very familiar with what the McDonald's logo looks like. She's very familiar that that's McDonald's. I don't know that she's ever eaten McDonald's. I know she's never eaten with me. My wife, I know she's been to Burger King here and there, right? Can't speak on it. I don't think that she's ever been to McDonald's, but right, just for the record, I don't know with 100% certainty. But I do know that she knows McDonald's, that logo, very, very well. Very well, right? And so they're doing their job from a business standpoint. I think, like you said, could we table that? Is it good? Is it bad? Do you know? Do businesses operate well when they're hitting their target market and selling a bunch of like? It's a good thing, just like you said. If you're choosing to eat there, and this is where the the second point comes in, something that you said, Stu, about like really getting this to in the education system and really understanding that chart that you showed of like how all these things are affecting our body. You know, the depression, the high blood pressure, the all that stuff. Uh, that is the type of information that a child needs to have, that somebody that's learning about health or learning about what they're consuming or eating specifically, that's what they need to know. They need to know that, hey, these things can lead to this, right? It's not, you know, when we're talking about, I'm thinking like, do we just hold this whole like fear campaign? Like, is that what does it for people on the food side to break an addiction? If we're talking about food being an addiction, how do we solve that problem of breaking the addiction? We just scare the crap out of everybody. Like, you know, if you keep doing this, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Is that the way to break the addiction or is there another way? And I think if we start kids early enough understanding cause and effect. It's okay, right? Your metabolism, you might not see this right now, but here's what's happening inside because your kid doesn't understand that just as much, right? They know they eat a Big Mac, nothing happens. They ate a Big Mac and they just go back and play and everything's cool. But if you can show over time what happens to the insides, what happens to your organs, what happens to your mind, what ha what happens, then maybe that kid starts to think a bit differently, right? They start thinking a bit differently. So I think that point is incredibly important, making sure we're getting that information to the kids. Um, and yeah, that's it. You touched on you touched on the mental perspective, <clears throat> and I think for me. That's 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 the most important thing here, because, you know, we, we've all had our own our own priorities. But for me, like the, the mind and the state of the mind is, is is the biggest one. So for my own personal experience, the healthier I've gotten, thanks to thanks to influences from Kabi and just like people in general, my old roommate used to make a lot of smoothies, like the healthier I've gotten, the more clear everything is the more clear. Everything is just life in general is so much better. So when we talk about fast food from this education perspective, we're actually also talking about it from a mental health education perspective. This is not just like when we when we thought about supersize me growing up in elementary school, it was all about how big am I? And obviously there's the heart disease and there's the physical things that go into it. But I feel like this always gets so overplayed or just underplayed, excuse me. Why, why is this not brought up more? And, you know, we have, I, I saw this thing last week. I don't know, I don't know how factual it is, but I saw this thing, Seaspiracy where it really went into all the details on just how much we are ruining the world because of our fishing industry. We'll probably all get canceled now. Um, but it's the same type thing. Like where do we draw the line between a Nazi training camp where somebody's just doing their job and the fishing industry or, or fast food? Like at what point do we all like actually take that responsibility and say like, we're not going to support this industry anymore. 
So I always find this tough. It's very, who are we to, who are we to judge what's right and wrong about how other people live their lives? Because theoretically there was a point in time where, and I still grapple with this, is it, is, is the purpose of my life to just have fun and enjoy the experience or is the purpose of my life to provide value to others? So if the purpose of life to many is just to have fun and enjoy the experience, you don't really give a shit when your time's up, go eat all the hamburgers you want. Go eat all the McDonald's chicken tenders, like whatever. But I'm curious, like, if the majority of the planet could come together and figure out, like, what do we overall kind of think our purpose is? What are we supposed to be doing here? If we're supposed to be providing value and, and mental clarity and giving people a chance to make decisions for themselves, then shouldn't education be a priority? Shouldn't all of these things that get in the way of mental clarity and longevity of our planet cease to exist do we eventually make this an ethical issue i know we're trying to we're kind of playing like devil's advocate we're leaving it up to a lot of people to decide here but i don't know the more i the more i think about it like if somebody told me i could never eat fast food again i'd be on board if someone made that a law i think i'd be like actually really okay with that that's pretty that's pretty different for what i usually advocate for you want to um you know i think you guys both said a lot of really good things uh let me let me come with this if you want to make sure that it doesn't work, make it a law. You know, and, and I say that because I just feel like we can't. Um, this is coming from somebody who's literally like dedicated my life in a lot of ways and educated on these, educating folks on this, on these, on these things, and. I've been humbled along the way. Um, and I just don't think we, we can't solve these problems with the same level of thinking that we used to create them. We just can't. We've tried it over and over and over and over again. And if you want to tell people, <laughs> if you want to make sure somebody goes out there and does exactly that, tell them, hey, don't do that. Right. And putting it through the education system, the education system in and of itself, is there's a lot of issues there. This is also somebody who's worked in the education system. Right. So not only so I'm coming from a perspective where I've seen it from educating people through my own private business and health for over a decade now. Right. And then going into the education system to try to teach folks. It's like you almost have to let people actually experience something we all agree on, which is free choice. You, you almost just have to let them do it and not let them do it, but like acknowledge their God given right to do so. And when it's time or when they choose to seek another way, I'll be ready. We'll be ready. Right. But trying to force it on them, and I can't tell you how many folks just point blank don't care, dude. Yeah. Don't man, that's cool. That's so funny. Yeah, if I die tomorrow, that's okay. I, I I was just you you know how a lot of the health and wealth stuff parallels. Just had the exact same conversation on the money side. Oh, having, get out. Having a conversation <laughs> having a conversation, I forget who it was with. We were talking about how do we get the youth to understand money earlier because we feel like a lot of 18 to 23, 18 to 24, they're not conscious about money until they mess it up. And I told them the exact same, this person, the same thing. I was like, it's almost at a place where they have to mess it up to experience what it's like to mess up their credit or to blow a bunch of money or to not have savings, right? You have to kind of experience that stuff with money. So then you can start listening to the people that are giving you the wise advice because you've already made the mistake. It sounds like you're saying the exact same thing Oh, yeah. Like with with health, like I can't force you to pay attention to money right now if that's not what you want to do. Like just do your thing. As soon as you mess it all up and your credit goes to shit and right, you don't have savings and you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you're like, what did I do? We'll be here and then we'll have a conversation. Now you'll be ready to take in the information. It's almost like a rite of passage. Like you have to let people go through that place. So yeah. very similar. And this might be this might be mental health advice for other health entrepreneurs. Right. Who are like, what, 
How do y'all not understand this? What do you, what, right? You have colon cancer because of this. Like, how do you not see that? You have heart problems because of this. You get, but so funny, like I see people in those conditions haven't heard the message over and over and over and over and over and over again that would still make the same decision. So at that point, me make uh, uh, us making it a law, us forcing it out, us putting it out, that's a hindrance. There's a lot of laws on the books that honestly, quite frankly, shouldn't be on the books because they're just cumbersome for society because people are going to do it anyway. They're going to create a black market for it anyway, pushing it on them. There's a lot of things we learn in school that are just, let's just let that go. Why are we, why are we forcing like? I, I think in a lot of ways, and this is tough because I think in a lot of ways, I've like come back to the drawing table quite a number of times when it comes to this stuff to, to like, you know, how do you really get this across? And also, is it our responsibility necessarily to get it across? Because also the goalposts have shifted over time. What, what we thought was, uh, 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 oh, this is, this is the way to do it has been systematically shifted over time. So for me, that's why I say it's always, I go back to the roots and actually the roots are a lot simpler. And a lot simpler than we've made it out to be. It's not, it's not that, hey, you should never eat fast food. It's that, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't do that for every meal. Or maybe you can do it for one meal, but maybe you just have one meal. So I, I, I have this, and I'm talking about this in my book coming out here pretty soon, is that I actually think the opposite or the the, the, the antidote to a lot of these eating issues is to consistently take breaks from eating is to systematically, consistently actually just take a step back for a second, right? Or fast. I actually think that what is the opposite of day? Night. We need both to bring harmony. We have yang, yang. We need both to have harmony. We have good, bad. We need both to have harmony. We have, no, I, I really actually think there's a role for both to play, positive, negative, there's a role for both of them to play. And I think when we go, when I go on this like rage of like, it must be this one way, I eventually am out of harmony. And I may be causing more harm than good. So, you know, I really think a lot of this stuff really comes down to, to balance. You know, quite frankly, there's some folks that you want to go out guns blazing, it's your right, buddy. We make this all of this available to you. Absolutely. That's why there's people like like me out here. People like you guys out here putting out the, the, the stuff as to how to counterbalance. Not necessarily that this is the way to do it. But if you so choose, if you feel you're out of harmony, if you feel you're out of balance, if you feel you're and y'all know, I think both of those are two different things. But if you feel you're out of harmony, here is a way for you to bring back harmony into your life. If you so choose. Some would hear that and choose like, nah, I'm good. Because if that wasn't the case, <laughs> our Instagrams and our, our our social media would be blowing up with <laughs> people running to us. Like, hey man, I need, I need, I want this, I need this, right? That's not happening. People, I will probably get more followers if I start posting fast food, fast food today. <laughs> if I started doing video, <laughs> I would get more people. Take your shirt. All you got to do is take your shirt off and eat and or like hold a burger next to you. You're good. You'll get followers. That's the way it works. <laughs> right. So like whose fault is that? You know, so I really think there's a level of like you're you, 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 we have to at some point in time say, hey, listen, I own all my decisions. Back to all key. back to ownership. Right common theme we always bring it back out at some point 
get to that good life, to get to the life you're designing, you got to own all parts of your life. You can't succumb. We've had these conversations so many times on, on the good life, on this podcast, guys. But like, once you get the information, it's up to you to make these decisions, make decisions heading, pointing you in the direction of where you want to go. So once you get new information, you might, you have to make new decisions. Once you get information that's going to benefit your life, like you have to make changes and you have to take ownership of that. If, you know, the thing that I've struggled with before meeting could be, but now I just, I understand it. Like, is that thing that you said today that food is an addiction? Like we have an addiction to food. If anyone knows anyone that has addiction, like an actual drug addiction, alcohol, right? Like anything, any type of addiction, you know that it's kind of like not, not in their control at a certain point, right? It's gotten too far. It's like, it's way out. It's, it's an addiction. That's how far as a society we are with food. That's really how far we are. And like could be said to counterbalance that we've got to push against, we got to go the other way. Sometimes we got to go the, the extreme side, but we got to go the other way. Got to go to rehab, got to go to rehab, right? You got to go to rehab. And, and, and uh, I hear so many trainers and people out here who are putting out information like, you know, this is, it's, it's really extreme. Like you don't need to do that. Like, how, what do you say to that? <laughs> Honestly, what do you say to that? <laughs> like, that's a real, I, I, guys, help me out here. What do you say to that? That's super extreme. Like, you don't really need to do it. What do you mean? Do you see the situation we're in? <laughs> what do you mean it's super extreme? The situation we're in is extreme. <laughs> what do you say to that? I think for me personally, like when someone takes a stance like that, have you ever tried it? Or are you just speaking from this fear-based ignorance stance? If you're, if you're going to say you can't do that, that's never an option. Like there's, there's no, there's no fasting from this. Have you ever tried it? How can you call yourself an expert that just blatantly disregards alternative thinking without ever having sampled it? Yeah. And there's so much of that out there too. There's so much of that, of people just being like, and again, wh where people say, oh, that's extreme. It's because they're okay living comfortable in this little bubble. Like they, they're in the matrix, right? <laughs> like they're in it. So they don't understand how far deep they're in it or how far gone they are, or as a society, how far gone we are, right? Like in this one area. So that's why they say, say those types of things. Yeah. Guys, I want to, um, you know, provide some sort of, summary type clip here for folks you know you're like give me the answer i if you're looking for uh the answer um you came to the wrong place because we're gonna make you think all right we gonna make you make can you guys hear me okay cool we're gonna make you think okay so but let me a few things i'll throw out there that i think is pretty universal um is eat local eat seasonal Eat what you need, not more. Right. And if you don't feel good, stop stuffing your face and let your body take a break. That's it. That's the clip. That's it. <laughs> but like, that's such a big point. Like I'll, I'll let that mic, right. I'll let that, uh, What's that called when you like let the whatever you guys know what I'm trying to say? The mic drop. Yeah, mic drop. But it's something like I'll let that hum or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, but I but just <laughs> I don't know. But but just to that point though, how many people actually think of stopping eating when they don't feel good? That's not it. That's not a common thought. No, it's not. No, it's not. We do the direct opposite. The direct right? opposite. It's, oh God, you, you gotta eat something, man. You gotta eat something. Mom, do it for me. Do it for me, mom. <laughs> like, right? Just some chicken noodle soup, please. True. I've been struggling to have this conversation with people, and they just look at me like I'm crazy. And I don't have the same level of like of history and and background that you do studying this type of thing. So they're like, how do you justify this? And I was like, I don't know, man, you just have to, you just have to try this alternative method 
of walking away from food for a while and just see how you feel. And they won't do it. They just simply won't do it. There's no chance. And, and you know, you got to ask yourself, like, what are you afraid of? I might die. You're dying now. Yeah, <laughs> like, what do you mean? They're addicted. It's classic addiction symptoms. Oh, for sure. Like, for that's sure. the key. It's classic. For sure. Right? Like, sure. they can't even fathom that. You talk to an addict about, like, just getting off of their drug. They're like, huh? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, I get it, but. Yeah. And this is, and this is what led like to this point of like one day for me, it clicked of like, Oh, it's an addiction. Like one day it clicked. Cause that, what, what book, what book are you reading? That's telling you food is addiction. You know what I mean? So, and this is, uh, I mean, I've, I've done quite a bit of research out here, but, uh, but uh, where, where do you learn that? You learn that in nutrition school, I've, I've, right? I've read quite a bit of stuff, but one day it dawned on me after working with client after client after client after client and listening to the same objections over and over and over and over and over again right it's like yo you people are really fighting this like like it's really important like like it's like this is and, and observing a couple of things one observing how they how we treat babies right i remember you know, how often, like one of the primary things parents fight with young children about is eat your food, right? Chris, you're a parent, you probably know this, I'm not yet, but I've been a child. That's one of the number one things. Mm -hmm. For what? Like, the child is gonna die, right? And that's, then that's it's also what, It is kind of what we think though. It is kind of yeah, what we yes. think. Like we kind of do believe that because there's no manual to raising a child. There's like no, like you just don't know. So like you think like malnourished, right? Malnutrition is a thing. It's like, like, oh, I didn't feed her enough of this. So she's going to get sick. Like that's a, that's a real parent parental thought. It's a real I, I get that. And I get that. And I get that. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's another book we got to put out here or another series we got to put out here. Your child will not die. Yeah, right. I love that. I was thinking the same <laughs> title, bro. I was like, the title is "Your Child Will Not Die." That's and it. I think that's so critical. But the thing is, you know, it's the direct opposite. Uh, before, if we really look at history, before white coats started to really intervene and stick themselves in in the situation, like children really are born with a manual. The manual is internal. They'll tell you. They'll tell you exactly what they need if we just learn to listen. Right, they'll tell you, just like our bodies will tell us what we need if we learn to listen. Now, we can train our bodies out of that so that it no longer speaks to us, but once we give it a break, it actually returns back to its innate programming. Now, depending on how far you've gone, you might need a longer break than I do. But see, I've gone 40 days, 45 days. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen anymore. It just means it happens less frequently. Is it, so the difference between, and I look at, you know, a lot of these pages out here, like uh, Healing by DeClue and a, a bunch of these other pages out there and uh, uh, John Rose and a lot of like great, great people out here. Um, the main difference you'll see, hopefully you'll see like from carrying someone from the victim, uh, I always mess this up, but diverticulitis, diverticulitis versus colon cancer yeah. is the length of time that you've had. And not necessarily like you take this one herb or this one thing. It's like, how deep, how deep do you go? Right. There are some few things that you do, but a lot of the things I cover in my solid food vacation juice piece that a lot of you guys are now very privy to, it, it's a lot of the same protocol. You just do more of it longer with maybe one or two additional things. Let me ask you just a question. That's gross. I just looked that up. That's nasty. It is. It's pretty gross. Let me ask you this question because I think there are probably some people that are listening that might have this question. I've gotten this question before. Specifically for you could be like, is there a, a too far gone point to start fasting if like, you're at like, you know, 
cardio and cardiovascular disease and high blood pressure and diabetes, you're already on a bunch of medication. Like you're in, you're in that world is the way to come back by fasting salad food, vacation, juice feast. Is there ever a time you're like too far too sick, so to speak, to come back? Like if someone's actively going through cancer or again, any crazy health treatments, is it still for them to do the same thing or is the, does the body work differently? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's a very, it's a question that has a lot of people kind of like on the edge of their seats, like, oh yeah, this is the one that's good. This is the one right here, right? Um, guys, I don't think those situations uh, should be treated lightly. Um, I know we all have loved ones that go through the situation. It's really tough to see. It's really tough to go through it yourself, obviously. Um, but I'll say this. It's not that it's too late. It's that the process must be approached with a greater attention to detail. That's my best answer. Because if you're that far gone, you're, you have two choices. You either approach it with a greater level of detail or you throw in the towel. And, 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 and it is your right to make either choice. You could say, hey, listen, give me the thing that gives me comfort right now. And you know what? Let's whatever else comes, let it come. That's that's your right, but if you want to reverse the situation, no, there is no too far. It's just with a greater level of detail and for a longer period of time that we fight the uh, that you have to take that on to make the thing. Because that that means, see, the thesis of that all of that is is the root cause is still the same, right? Once when we drill deep enough, it's still the same. So it's a question of have you gone far enough, right? And we get really nervous because, see, what's really interesting, and I'll throw this back at, at you guys here, is that we think it's normal to lose. Nobody cries. Nobody's like, oh, or maybe people cry, but you, this is what I mean. Nobody's like devastated. That it's like, man, the chemotherapy didn't work. But if you go to... Uh, holistic individual, right? Dr. Healer, whatever you want to call it. And that doesn't work. It's a travesty. You should have gone with healing. You, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, right. the, it's, Why? The, it's the narrative. Yes. Right. Why? Why does that narrative exist? Marketing. One looks like you tried everything you could and you couldn't bring them back. That's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. Oh, no, 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 no. And the other one is like, oh, you're crazy. You're a nut. Yeah. So that you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know where that and comes I think from. There's like, I, I don't know, but I understand it's the power of, right, the medical industry and, you know, what they've kind of how they've positioned themselves as like knowing all. And so people would take chemo treatment as like the top, like this is the best thing for that. But that's just because that's what the industry, right? What the medical industry, the narrative, the narrative yeah. right? If somebody else in maybe this, again, this is the movement, right? We say the other side, the holistic side, that the Eastern medicine side, like that side, is way above the pumping poison into your body. Let's let's the pumping poison in your body be the second thing that maybe we think about. But maybe the first one should be let's take care of your body, not by feeding it more chemicals and right poison, but by actually putting things in that come from the earth and that have healing uh, right properties to them. But yeah. that's not, that's not the dominant narrative. Yeah, chemicals to offset chemicals. And, you know, as, as you guys were both talking about this, I was thinking about it from more of the mental side. So I've got a lot of clients, well, maybe not a lot, but a, a good portion of my clients are on some type of like mental health medication. So we're sitting here trying to figure out how can you lead a, a prosperous, enjoyable, clear life 
when they can rattle off anywhere from one to four different medications that they're on that are continuously messing up the chemicals that are happening. And it just, it just reminds me of the same thing. Like um, you're not like, like you say, it could be, you're not going to the root. Like there's something else wrong. You introducing more chemicals to offset other chemicals doesn't seem like a solution. It might, it might prop the tracks up so you can keep the whole thing moving. But you know, I, I've, I've been on, on the clients I have that are more stable on like maybe one medication, we'll have conversations like, Hey, and I always have to say this, you know, I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor, but have you considered now that you're at a better stage weaning yourself off of this? And what, what I struggle with is the individuals that have like four or five medications because they had a psychotic episode. How do you begin to talk to a family? that has been through such a crazy moment and now the the child is on so many different medications that from a parental standpoint based on the narrative based how on the how they've been educated walking away from the mainstream path of giving these individuals chemicals if something goes wrong they can't live with themselves there's no alternative mentioned to them on how you could probably help your mental health by diet and exercise like we will make you diet and exercise to the same degree we will make you take this pill, but that doesn't happen. There's this yeah. thing where a lot of families get hung up on motivation for their kids. Like, well, they don't have any motivation. Well, they need to learn or you need to like force them to, to show an experience. Like if, if you do not take care of yourself and reasons X, Y, and Z, you're not going to have mental health. You're just not, you, it's, it's going to be unattainable for you. So I'm speaking pretty generally right there, but I thought it was interesting, the parallels that got brought up between the mental and the physical. For sure. And I'll say this, not everyone is my client. Not everyone is my patient. And that's okay. Not everyone should, can, and will be saved. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. So that's something that, honestly, pretty recently became clear to me. Not everybody wants to live that type of lifestyle. That's okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Not everybody should anything be it in a particular way. And I think that's really tough when something has worked for me and others that I've seen to put that out there. That's a tough statement to get comfortable with. But I think as Practitioners, we have to get comfortable with that. As coaches, mentors, practitioners, people who are doing this work, like, you have to get comfortable with that because that's the that's truth right there. And also that it's not one or the other; it could be both. And what I mean by that is not it's not preventative or acute care. It could be both. Right? It could be hey, acute care to alleviate the pain as of now, but let's not ignore that the, the fact that the pain was information for us to actually take certain action, not just not just focus on alleviation of the pain, right? So it's, it's we kind of stopped too soon. We could use both. A lot of people come, you know, are you, are you against this, that, and the third, da, da, da. Yes, because in a lot of situations that I've seen, that's we're using it as a crutch and we're not actually going to the source. I'm not saying there's no place for it. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Am I saying that one is better than the other? Not at all. In this particular context, we're over relying on this one method and not enough on the other. So our, 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 yin and yang is out of whack so to do to rebalance and to rebring harmony we got to refocus or bring in more of this we're too hot we need to be a little cool right but this but we might go to other part of the world where they're too cool they need to be a little hotter yeah see what i'm saying there's certain societies on this earth that we could say hey listen y'all need a little bit of what these folks are talking about over here. 
And then the other groups, it's like, oh, no, y'all need a little bit more of this. And that ultimately comes down to the individual to make that decision for themselves or society or group or whatever it is, if that's possible. But typically it isn't. Typically it comes down to the individual. That's huge. I second that thousand percent comes down to the individual back to taking ownership. You want to improve something, you want to change something, take ownership of it, right? Get the information and start applying it. Same story across all different types of topics. Same exact thesis, guys. Got to take ownership of your life. Got to make better decisions. You got to get informed and then make better decisions to get you to design the life that you want. That's the ultimate goal of what we're talking about here. Designing your ideal life, the life that you want. This is what you got to do. So that's it for me. That's it for me, guys. Perfect. Well, uh, that's it for us today. If you guys like what you heard, subscribe, smash that like button. Tune in next Monday for another good one and share, share, share with someone that would either love or hate this episode because all press is good press. Until next time, keep living the good life. Later, guys.